0: Learn more at Marines.com. Flo here with a word that's just weird, terrycloth. Who exactly is Terry? And why does he get his own fabric? Did he journey below SPF 50? Fight off some weeds in his daffodils? Hmm. How about a word for everyone? Flotection. Yeah, I just made it up, but I'm not making up how great it feels when me and Progressive protect your new home. Ever think of that, Terry? No, Terry only thinks of himself. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend. A winning AKA Low. Low. That might is that is that is that, that kind of popping? Is that the new no, thing? No, that was do? incredibly cringy. I think that we was, could all agree. Okay, alright, so no, all right, that's not that's just a one thing. It's a one time
2: Just you, yo, come on, man. What's the name of the podcast?
1: Alright, alright. Oh, you right, bro. Uh, yo. You actually, no, no, no. I actually, no. I don't have a do, name. No, no, no. I do. I do. Got, I actually have one. On uh, today's episode of the On Top Podcast, better known as, this might be the last night. Is that too corny? That's too corny, too. What? Oh, the worst
2: intro to a podcast, It man. is. What it are you doing? Is.
1: And you know it's crazy? I'm not redoing it. Should I redo it? No, we're not redoing it. No, nah, because people
2: need to know that you mess up the intros more than nah, I do. No, and the only
1: reason why I'm, I'm saying it might be the last night is because tonight might have actually been the last night we see a lot of legends play basketball, and I'm glad to say that I actually witnessed all of their last nights, but before we get into that, yo, Adrian. Is agent, Russell
2: Westbrook one of those?
1: No, no, that wasn't tonight. That was. Okay. It might, that, might, right. it, that might be tomorrow, but um. Okay. <laughs> right. Agent, go ahead and say what's up to the people, man.
2: Hey, I got a lot of. I told you so. It's coming today, man. But should be a good podcast. Lo, I'm not gonna lie, bro. I missed about forty percent of the games going on. I've been mad busy. You know, the birthday, right? Of course. And on top of that. I've just been like really getting ready. Got to head to Orlando in a couple days. But uh, I managed to catch all of the games today except the Spurs game because we knew who was going to win that one. It should be interesting, yo. Yo, if you guys aren't already, by the way, drop a five-star rating or a like or whatever it is, whatever platform you're watching this on. Uh, we need to motivate Legend to winning. All right? He's out here butchering intros and everything. People sending me all kinds of emails, not even just telling me he doesn't know nothing about, not even, now they're telling me he doesn't know how to do intros no more. And it's just it's getting to that point, low. I'm getting a lot of emails, bro, from a diverse pool of uh of viewers, right? Age fourteen to
1: thirty, right? All kinds of folk. Agent, but uh, yo, I want to I want to get started talking agent, about Agent One. It's the same same about five or six people who are telling you this. Two, happy birthday, man! You know,
2: thank thank you. Oh my god, Lo, thank you. That means so much to me. Now, as a not side really.
1: note, no, 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 as a side note, I know you probably don't know this, so I'm just gonna say it. Ironically enough, and you probably do know this because I mean it's something we all know. My birthday is tomorrow, so yeah, man. Yeah,
2: lo, lo, you don't think I know your birthday, man?
1: Oh, I mean even if you didn't know, I was gonna make sure everybody knew on Twitter, so it doesn't fucking matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so opposite of you. I didn't want anybody to know. Oh, you would have, uh, but you would have got a um, Skype message. In. All I know is that me, me, and you, waffle. All of our birthdays are like roughly around the same like week, so. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I'm able to like really keep in touch with everybody's on birthdays, but yeah, just so just so people Word. don't know, man. You know, that's how much, nobody cares. That love. that's that's how close me and Agent are. That's how much best friends we are. Oh, let me tell you're so shit. cringy. Yeah, let me tell, You're let me starting it.
2: this off with such a high dose of cringe, guys. If you've made it this far, man, congratulations. Yo, Yolo. I want to talk to you about uh the, probably the most exciting series going on right now. And that is the OKC Utah series. Now oh, so I want to start starting. with. This. We're
1: starting juicy. We're not even talking about the yeah. T just got
2: eliminated. Oh wow. Nah, 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 nah. Those guys can wait. Uh I there's a stat. There's a stat. Uh I'm gonna find the stat. Talk because this stat speaks so much volumes, Low. So while I find the stat, just introduce the, the the series, man.
1: Well, you know, I'm gonna be positive low right now. I found because, the stat. Shut up. Oh wow. Okay. Through the
2: first four games of the OKC Jazz Series, Russ's net rating on the court is minus 13. Ricky Rubio's is plus 16. Russ's net rating off the court is plus 12. Ricky Rubio's net rating off the court, minus 15. So, I mean, keep in mind that after Game 3, uh, Russell Westbrook's famous words, I'm going to lock that shit up. I think that's what he said, right?
1: Which he didn't do as a side note, but go ahead, go, go At ahead. all. At
2: all. And the funny thing is, is he didn't even lock Rubio down in Game 1 when Rubio had a bad game. Rubio was just missing open shots. So it's, it's not even like they're ever playing good defense on him. It's almost like they're always disrespecting Rubio in an attempt to apply more pressure on the people that they would deem high threats as scorers but then here we go Rubio especially after the criticism of him missing a whole bunch of shots in game one comes back game two shoots good from the three-point line and it seems like his turnaround has almost like coincided with the success of this team so they're up at this point three one and a lot of people are beginning to ask questions because not only is Carmelo proving he's incredibly inefficient and inconsistent Paul George is inconsistent and Russell Westbrook is flat out playing terrible right now I don't care what triple double or stat line he has He's not helping his team win games. There was a stat at the end of game two, I believe it was game two, where the big three, if that's what you want to call him, uh shot zero for 14 in the fourth quarter. That is pathetic, guys. And a lot of that I said to start the series, Utah Jazz's defense is serious, man. And so even though I question whether their offense could... Could handle it. Like Joe Inglis is stepping up, right? We got Dante Exum stepping up a couple games. Of course, Ricky Rubio, it seems like there's always somebody helping on the offensive end. And of course, defensively, they're always sound. Low, there's up 3-1. OKC seems to be in a lot of trouble, but they've came back from 3-1 in the past. What's the chances they can do it again?
1: Here, look, I'm going to be positive first. I'm not going to spend that much time on OKC because we'll, we'll probably go into a little bit more detail about this huge props must go to the Utah Jazz like you said defensively they've been astonishing um even during the regular season when they had a, a full and healthy squad Rudy Gobert in the lineup along with everyone else they've made a massive change if i'm not mistaken they had a record of 30 and and 2 or 30 and 5 something like that which is the second best which during that stretch it was the second best record in the NBA um outside of the Houston Rockets Who's best? Using rockets, oh, using wow. rockets. Um, and if you let me finish, you would have heard that. But anyway, they, defensively they they've been great, like you said. Um, and, and also like you said, they've always got some type of offensive, um, outbursts or out out um outplaying someone from individuals. Two games ago it was Ricky Rubio, not just last game was it Joe Ingles? Derek Favors gave them some quality minutes, um, offensively in the first half and made a couple of bu- buckets here and there in the second. But obviously they their leading scorer has been Donovan Mitchell, which you know, I don't I don't want to keep saying that like I I thought that Don I knew that Donovan Mitchell was gonna be a really good player because even though I knew he was gonna be one of the bigger steals in the draft, I mean at, at this at this point uh did of you the, really know that season? Though? No, I did. I yeah, I mean, I again you know, I mean I I I'll make sure I put it on Twitter for you, agent. But I mean on my video about the um, I and I was definitely wrong about a whole bunch of stuff in my draft prediction video. But this is one of the things I was correct about. It. I knew he was going to be one of the biggest sleepers or steals, if you will, in the draft. But at this point, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone really expected Donovan Mitchell to be a twenty, nearly a twenty-eight point score in the first round of a playoff series against OKC with potentially three Hall of Famers, and he's shooting better than front of field than all of them better from behind the arc than all of them except for PG and um better from the free throw line from uh compared to all of them except for PG as well so you know it, that I think that is a part of the Utah Jazz success that I don't think I saw coming. Like you said, Ricky Ruby, he's had games here and there. Nothing really consistent. Had one game in game two that was great offensively. And then again, like you said, spurts of everyone else, but they've had, they had to have someone who's consistent offensively. And that actually has been Donovan Mitchell. Um, but th- this team is, um, this team, yeah, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll beat the next, cause the next round it would be the, um, who was the next round? Houston. They're not beating Houston just because I think Houston is a much more disciplined team. So they're not going to make the same mistakes that OKC makes offensively. But this is a team that looks really, really good. And, um, Gordon Hayward looks stupid right now. But, um, there, we go. I mean, he
2: got injured. But yo,
1: I know, but even if he was healthy, I mean, this team would have been, this team would have been remarkable if he was here. Joe, not not really. Coming, Joe, was coming off the bench I think, and getting back to, or you know, or just think Rubio about it, bro.
2: If Hayward was still there, uh, Mitchell would have, I'm sure he would have got minutes, but he never would have gotten an opportunity to be the first option on a team, especially at the time Rudy Gobert was out. So all that opportunity started because Gordon Hayward decided to leave. Plus, if you look at Joe Inglis, it's like you forget you even had Hayward because Joe Inglis' first game shot five for nine. Next game was his only bad game, game two, one for six, and then seven for 15, then six for 12. It's like he's been a consistent scorer throughout this series and just a reliable player, especially from the three-point line. Almost all of his shots come from three, right? And so uh in game one, three for five, game two, one for four, then five for 10, five for 11. And so when you have those kind of shooting percentages, you can kick it out. It relieves some of the pressure on Donovan Mitchell. But low. and we're going to talk about the Raptors later, but just to see the Raptors struggle and DeRozan's inability to win game four. And then when you turn on the Utah game, you have a rookie in Donovan Mitchell. Just all the confidence in the world. If you got a chance to see the post game interview, chills were running down me because the crowd was going wild. First of all, I think it's exclusively white people in Utah, but
1: the crowd was okay, going I'm, wild. I'm happy you said that too. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I know for a fact, like if I was, that's probably a huge reason why no free agents come to Utah, because it was just like, <laughs> all right, y'all, it ain't it ain't no black people in the crowd, but go ahead, go, go ahead, go, go ahead, go.
2: I think Mitt Romney was in the crowd, too, if I'm not mistaken. Which is one of the uh,
1: whitest of people I've ever. Let me chill, let me chill, let me chill, let me chill, let me chill.
2: so the crowd was going crazy, and the reporter was asking Mitchell questions, but he couldn't answer. He was speechless. If you Google it and just stretch it up. It will make you feel some type of way. Like, he was on a new level, level, like moments people dream of. And he deserves it. Cause as a rookie, he's leading the, he's leading the team, especially on the offensive end. And they're going up against an OKC team who undoubtedly on paper has more talent. But they're finding ways to close out games and get victories. And it's been an incredibly long time in the NBA since we've seen a rookie dominate like this. Now, you can point to Ben Simmons. I don't think in this specific round one comparison, Ben Simmons had nearly the impact Donovan Mitchell is having on winning these games. Plus, I, I think— know, I the, wouldn't, I the, wouldn't oh, go as
1: far as saying he doesn't have No, but nearly, I, I, I more importantly, nearly. I think
2: I think OKC is a much better team than the Miami Heat. And so uh the 76ers on that one get a pass. But without making that comparison and talking Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell— Wow. This Utah team, man. Uh,
1: but do, well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this real quick, though, before, before we go on to the OKC okay. talk. I, I thank Donovan Mitchell, though, and Ben Simmons, and really and really a lot of rookies and sophomores this season, for making sure that we all understand the difference between really good and great. Because I think people tend to lower the standards and they tend to... Muddy expectations and comparisons, and they don't understand the fine line between what it really takes to be one of the better players in the NBA to just one of the better all stars, right? The expectations of Donovan Mitchell, even just removed from the situation that he's in, just, just as a rookie, like if you just want to have it base set as a rookie, there are plenty of excuses and reasons that many people would have assumed would have been valid for him to underperform or be inconsistent in a playoff series of this magnitude, let alone his first one. And so the fact, and, and again, same thing. I know you're not going to go comparisons, but just quickly, same thing with Ben Simmons as well. Same thing with Jason Tatum. Same thing with Jalen Brown. All of these people are consistently showing that, the age argument is really if you're really that great of a player the age argument is not a legit argument if you're really that great of a player then you're just going to I think you go can learn
2: there. I think you can learn your way to but like some of these guys just have it on year one and it's fantastic. I think Kyrie's one, one of the examples of guys who throughout his career has just learned to be a closer and to be that guy for his team. You know, he didn't really have it. I mean, he had handles and quickness but he continued to get injured and as his years went on, especially playing with LeBron, he just found ways. So it, I mean,
1: yeah. That's another thing too—the injury thing. Like Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, they've never played this deep into a, seat, a year. Like the basketball at college level, his would have already been over. Like the fact that they're even conditioned they properly to play this deep into like that—that's nah, ridiculous. Nah, but I mean,
2: that's that argument goes both ways though because they're younger, right? So they're going to have a lot more stamina. Uh, no, 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 their, I mean, there's, Their there's VO2 is, max is going to be higher.
1: No no, you know, no, no, than, no, 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 no. There's something they actually call a rookie wall. Like, they, we literally give it a title in the NBA, like a rookie wall where you're going to hit a wall just because you're normally not conditioned to play at this stage. I mean, as a rookie, you're not even conditioned. You're not really probably conditioned to play at the professional level, let alone this deep into the playoffs. But anyway, it's still just impressive. And I'm happy that I'm going to have to start you know raising my standards again cuz i think that i mean that i think that's only appropriate for what we're watching and as i raise my standards agent we get to move on to okc so i'm watching jeez uh, i'm i'm watching something very very interesting and i i must admit agent you were right about this i was wrong but you know what agent i i'm i'm almost getting to the point where i'm okay with being wrong with this Because that's why that's why I'm getting a lot of emails, huh? That's it. Oh man! On 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 this one, I'm I might be okay because it it is proving something that I kind of had a hunch about before, but I was willing to overlook it simply because of experience and talent, right? Carmelo Anthony. Now he's trash. Let's let's get something clear here, (laughs) Carmelo Anthony. I've never in my life. Seen, seen someone who has been caked for, for like, what, four or five years now? Cause when the, he was with the Knicks and they weren't making the playoffs, or even when they weren't making the playoffs and they got knocked out in the first round, the excuse was, Carmelo doesn't have enough help around him. If I'm lying, please stop me, agent. Is, is that, was that the, was that the argument? No, that's,
2: that's exactly what
1: they said, man. Okay. So now Carmelo, you're not the first option. You're not the, the second option.
2: Matter is he the fact, third
1: option? He might be the fourth option though. Matter of fact, you're not even the third best player on this team. Let's keep it a buck. That is Steven Adams. And matter of fact, Carmelo Anthony, before the season and during the middle of the season, people consistently said, hey man, you, you, sh- you sure you don't want to come off the bench? Because you look like a bench player right now. You like someone who should <laughs> be coming off the bench. And, and you know what he did? He did exactly what you just did. He laughed at the idea that he would be a bench player. Well, Carmelo, you, in the playoffs, this is supposed to be the whole purpose of why you went on a team. 14 points on 37% shooting from the field and 23% shoot, 32, excuse me, 23% shooting from behind the arc and 78% while I'm rounding up, 78% from the free throw line. That is, what are you doing? Like what is, that's the whole purpose of you is to and, score.
2: And if we go micro on the games, Game two was lost exclusively by Melo. Um, I mean, you could argue everybody was shoot, whatever. Game two, the, the last two shots O.K.C. took was Melo shooting up bricks. Literally, in the last game they played, game four, I saw Melo throw up a shot low. He was open. He wasn't contested. And this shit hit side backward. No rim. I was like, you know the, you know the rubber at the bottom of the backboard, low? That's yeah, I, what the I, I ball is.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it. I was like, okay. I was right.
2: thinking like, Yo, it's not okay for me to do that at the wreck, let alone supposed to be a player in the NBA being paid $28 million, right? right? Yeah. Like, if DeRozan misses a three, we just go, yeah, you know what? Actually, he did airball a couple threes, uh, but there were a lot more contestants, just besides the point. So when DeRozan airballs, we go, ah, yeah, whatever. DeRozan's not in early. We'll take it when he gives it to us, but that's it. But Melo, you're supposed to be a scorer. He's led the league how many times in
1: scoring? So this is just what once, you'd expect oh, him only, to only do once, only once, cause he's not that great of a score, but go ahead, continue. Go ahead, continue.
2: Okay. I, I, think he, he is throughout his career, but especially since he went to New is York. He, is he,
1: kinda... is he, is he, or is he just overrated? When he was in Denver, yeah,
2: he mm, was. For sure. Not,
1: not really, cause I mean, he never has been able to eclipse 30 points a game, nor has he been massively efficient. But go ahead, go keep keep going, you know, because I'm really about to tear apart these. He's niggas.
2: never, but, I mean, you can say the same for Kobe. Kobe's never been massively efficient, but, but Kobe, Kobe
1: got over 30 points. He's at got least, over, at, yeah, least three, yeah, at least three, at least three. at least three times <laughs> in his career. And on top of that, yeah. when it comes to Melo, no one is even expecting him to pass nor defend. So if you're, I mean, because I keep hearing this as well, because this is just one of those terrible arguments as people tend um, continue to lower their um, standards. Carmelo doesn't do anything else but score, really. So if you're if you're saving your energy Hello? for offense, why are you why are you shooting 37%, bro? That is okay, ridiculous.
2: Here's, here's the the last thing I want to say about the series. I I knew going into this that there was no way a team as inconsistent as OKC could beat the Jazz. But I also now believe, based on what we've seen this series, That I don't know if I don't is it it might be a combination, but between Westbrook and the coach, the offense that they run is like it doesn't work. When when you had KD on your team and Westbrook, you might have had and Harden, you might have had enough talent to pull off the shenanigans and the ISO that they think is gonna work against one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. But it's not working. You're shooting inefficient. The ball is not moving around. And you could you can make arguments that they're missing Andre Roberson and but even last year you guys were blaming him for your playoff losses. I was just about to say the exact missing... same
1: thing. OKC fan killed killed me because literally last year it got to a point where Roberson was pointless on the offensive end so much so that they were hacking him. That's how bad he was last year, and he was I just he missing some
2: clutch free throws. Free throws and and everybody started throws. to blame him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that Andre is not here, and that's why. Because now you have Paul George, who is much better on offense, and also, I think, an equally as good defender. And so it's just fascinating to me that a team like the Jazz, who doesn't have the paper and the talent and the names and the, the brand deals, can just come in here and just play so well against the team that you would expect to win. Uh, and I think a lot of it spawns with Westbrook. I don't know if you saw, Lowe, uh, KG liked a post on Instagram about somebody uh somebody basically said that they believe that Westbrook is the source of a lot of OKC's issues, and Katie liked it. And people were going crazy saying he's so unprofessional and and a lot of else like. Well yo, he's one, not lying. I saw I
1: saw I saw you and b Souls go back and forth on Twitter. For Did you hear what B Souls said
2: about it? I was like, he he was criticizing Kevin Rand for being unprofessional, and I was like, yo, he liked the post, man. Like I don't he know, he he, apparently, th-
1: apparently he did it on accident as a side notebook.
2: <laughs> okay, whatever. Even, people were saying because Katie liked the post that Katie said this and this about it's so unprofessional. You, you left him like this and now you would do this to him. And I'm like, first of all, he didn't say shit, right? He liked the post. Second of all, listen, I'm at I'm as mad as you that Katie went to Golden State and ruined the parody in the league. But yo, lay off the salt a little bit. Katie is allowed to have opinions. I'm tired of everybody badgering these players every time they come out with an opinion that they don't agree with. Because then next time, they're going to Marshawn Lynch it. They're going to Greg Pop it, And they're not going to talk to the media. And so everything you're getting angry about, all these players are going to start giving you dry answers like, Oh, so what do you think the reason you won the game is today? Oh, uh, well, you know, we put the ball in the basket. We just did a good job. To-. You're going to get those answers from now and on. If you guys don't stop overreacting about the smallest shit. I thought that was crazy. And I was, I was just thinking to myself, like, first of all, the comment I think was, had a a hint of truth to it. Yes, Westbrook is an issue on the team. Undoubtedly, right? He's a great player. We understand. But when you're shooting that inefficient and you're the team leader, yes, that is a problem. And so even if KD liked it on purpose or on accident, I just, I was so frustrated. People actually believe that KD wasn't entitled to an actual opinion. I'm mad Golden State wins every year too. But damn it, man, I was just, I had to uh, empathize with KD for a bit. Like, I would hate, no, I'd love to be KD, but I would hate to look at social media after a game and just see people badgering you for the smallest possible thing. And then you think to yourself, yeah, listen, I'm keeping all my opinions to myself from now and on. So he's going to store it for 20 years low and then he's going to come out on ESPN and tell the story like Shaq and Penny, right? He's going to come out and then maybe 20 years from now will be interesting about the dynamic and they might come out like Shaq and Kobe did and they might be disappointed how things split apart, right? But yo, just let them express their opinions, man. They're I, NBA players.
1: I think, I think the reason why people kind of upset about it. Cause not necessarily that he said it, but it's, it's kind of been like, it's been two years now. And so not only has it been two years, every single time someone asks him about it, he gets upset that people still ask him about it. But then in the same, in the same breath, he goes, he goes around and he's the one who's consistently talking about it. Cause he goes on bill Simmons podcast frequently and just, it just, it keeps being, it's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying he goes too deep into it, but it is a a topic of conversation. And obviously as it should be, is it something that we we obviously can't overlook at what recently just happened in his career?
2: No, but that but if, I don't the, know if you if you the want reaction to, is fueled by people's anger towards KD. That's that's just a fact because they they're not I truly know, I think, angry. I think, about, I, think,
1: I think I think people just I mean it's like if if KD doesn't want no one to talk about it, then KD you, you need to stop talking about it yourself. I get that, I get that, yeah, I, get that. Yeah. I get that.
2: But I I do think that there was pressure, and people have talked about it time and time again. The KD just didn't feel at home in that organization, left-right period, how they lost James Harden and flopped this player and lost this player. And then I see some fans on Twitter saying like, okay, see, people are saying they're managed poorly, but it's just because KD left. And this, I'm, ah, man. No, no, okay. Look, man,
1: let me not, let me not go too deep because. So many excuses. I need
2: to. Yo, here's the thing. I, I hope OKC does well because Paul George is one of my favorite players and I see, I hate to see him down like this. I saw him lose to LeBron too many times and it hurt my soul. All right. So I thought when you be on OKC, he finally gets there, getting some W's, make it deep in the playoffs. That's not happening. I want them to win as well. All right. I just believe throughout the series based on what we've seen that the Jazz are winning. And stop overreacting.
1: I'm not, I'm not even gonna sit here. That's it. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know what to, I want anymore to be honest with you, agent, because a part of me knows for a fact if OKC loses in the first round, financially, let me just be completely 100 with y'all. Financially, I'm going to benefit because I'm going to make videos. Oh, no, no. I'm going to make videos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> roasting this team, so it's not like I mean I I mean I'm just keeping a buck with y'all. Even though I picked them to win, financially speaking, I'm going to benefit. But I'll, I'll leave it on this note. One for anyone who was expecting me to to just kill Westbrook yet. Look, like, man, I don't. We don't have enough time in this podcast. But wait, yeah, you gotta wait till yeah, see the we, seasons. Yeah we, gotta yeah, wait, we, yeah, we don't. We don't have enough time in this podcast. And also, when it comes to um Billy Donovan. Again, we don't have enough time, and we might have to literally make a separate podcast for that day. And when <laughs> this comes might be to,
2: it, we've been talking about this for thirty minutes. <laughs> and when it
1: comes to OKC, oh no, 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 trust me, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good little second. And when it comes to OKC as a whole, like an organization, Sam Presley as a GM, trust me, when I all of this stuff has been, uh, let's just say hypothetically speaking, I've been spending the last three months gathering information. Just in case they lost in the first round of playoffs.
2: <laughs> Whoa, you are, <laughs> that is the most hilarious. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll
1: say this too. For people out there <laughs> who, who think that I'm just going too hard. Last year I uploaded a video exp- exposing the whole triple double argument to Russ and calling it overrated. Westbrook fans got so upset that they flagged my video for. Did they really? Yes. They flagged my video for, um, what is it called? um like um bullying or whatever like that's I'm dead serious and it, I had to, I was forced They're to really take They're really
2: passionate fans. I, like I, the I only more f- passionate w- fan base is the Heat, I think.
1: No, 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 absolutely. Probably Kobe fans. And I literally had to t- I literally had to take that video down just because of them. And so because of that, I've been walking eggshells around the whole Russ argument. So I'm going to I'm I'm going to wait because Yo,
2: I have a YouTube contact. You could have just asked me, bro. They could have got the video back
1: up. Oh, no, no. It's, it, agent, it's, look, man, look, it's gonna all add into the, to, to the, to the, the fixings of the video. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, okay, all right. it's, <laughs> it's gonna give it some body and some context. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, like, like yeah, you man. said, people have come back from front down one three before. And so, Rest,
2: Westbrook has done it in the, in the, when? uh, he's done it again in the conference semifinals. Like, uh, the, the last year they had KD, remember? What? No, they didn't. When when Westbrook and
1: Katie were together. No, they were. Did they they choked no, it. No, no, I'm going to say they're the one who choked it.
2: Oh, so, okay. So yeah, the Golden State was the one who came back. I lied. I lied. I lied. Yeah, no, I lied. No, no, they, no. Yeah.
1: They've never. But I mean, it's happened before. And if we're all saying that Russell Westbrook is as great as he is, I mean, that's what we're saying, right? So.
2: You're basically asking if he's as great as LeBron. No, Curry did it. No, but I'm saying LeBron came back from 3-1. No, but so did Gaskin. Curry,
1: right? Curry did that, right? Yeah, Curry did Okay, well. and, yeah. and Paul yeah. George is better than Klay Thompson, right? I don't know about that. I, I'm happy you said that, AJ. But look, we don't have enough time. Uh, we don't have enough time. Hopefully, Russell Lowe, Westbrook gets Lowe's enough.
2: mind is rushing with <laughs> dopamine just by the thought of just uploading this video but, here. But, he, but, he's but, thinking Hopefully,
1: about. Russell Westbrook gets... Triple doubles in, in what, three consecutive games? Cause if that's the case, he's going to win all of them, right? Cause that's the whole argument, right? So hopefully he gets those, those triple doubles and they win. But until then, I will not, I, I am not going to publicly or at least harshly criticize Westbrook, the organization or Billy Donovan just yet. But if they do. Oh, y'all really gonna want, y'all really, y'all really think I'm, y'all, y'all gonna really think I'm, a, I'm a Westbrook hater. Y'all really gonna think that.
2: Yo, uh, I was at my, I was like, it was like six months ago. I was at my brother's house and he tried to argue that OKC's management was great.
1: And I like. Stop acting no. Let's, let's not act like I, I, I wasn't the first person to really question OKC's management and you doubted that.
2: I, cause, cause at the time they still had KD. <laughs> lost him too man so like yeah you gotta start asking questions at that but i didn't even i didn't even know where to begin to start telling him like no no they how much how much players do they have to anyway that's besides the point but, if it was any uh, other
1: organization that it would they would have been quite any everyone should be questioning it any other organization you should be questioning it
0: What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in eighth grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you need contacts. It took me about 15 minutes right before I left for work and we're going to save you $30 off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com/almighty or use the enter code almighty at checkout. That's $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com/almighty or enter the code almighty at checkout just remember this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam they only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 2020 vision they don't write completely new rx's or examine eye health
2: okay uh yo we're gonna uh, switch it up we talked to cool i think that was the most interesting series going on right now uh, so if I wanted to start off with that one. Low, I want to talk about my Raptors, man. Since we last talked, the Raptors were oh, two-one. Now is it's another
1: weird. Yeah, this is another good one, right here. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I want to
2: see what you think about this. So I, I of course, I watch all my Raptors oh, games. You, you, you mean,
1: guys, here, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell you, I'll just give you my my hot take, right? I'll, just, I'll give it to you real okay. quick. Okay, Raptors. Let me let me introduce it.
2: Raptors two-two. Uh, DeRozan shot yeah. like ten for thirty-two or something yeah. horrible. Uh, and it seems like consistent theme. Anytime DeRozan doesn't feel like he's getting calls, he gets emotional, and then the team starts to move downhill. So, uh, I don't know why. Like you don't get calls, okay. You're not LeBron James, you know, you're not as good as Marcus Smart when it comes to flopping, you just gotta let it go. But it gets the best of him, and then he starts to flail his fists, and then the team slowly starts to miss more and more shots. And how do you let the Wizards close you out in a game four where you could have took a 3-1 lead? So, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it to you, Lo. It's a tied series right now, man. How you feeling, bro?
1: Hey, I'll, I'll give, I'll give DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Larry credit. Game three, they actually played pretty good uh, together, um, which is no, something. they didn't? Yes, they did. They were down to like 20 all game. No, no, no. I'm talking about those two. What I was about to say is that the, the rest of the team unfortunately didn't show up for that game. I, Cause I honestly believe... That is a game that y'all probably should have pulled out just because both Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan played well with, with, with one another on the floor, which is a rarity because normally one is playing great and the other one isn't, which is what we saw in, in game four. And, and this is, you know, I don't, I don't want to overreact too much, but when you're trying to make the argument that you are, or even, it ain't really an argument. When you're trying to make that next step into greatness and push, push this level of expectations, not only amongst yourself, but making sure everyone else in the league knows that we are the real deal. Game four is something that you have to win because if you lose that game, as we all know, the series is now tied up and now you go back home in the same outcome that you basically had entering the series, where it's it's almost just everyone is on an even playing field yet again, when it comes to the, um the record amongst the two teams and, and DeMar DeRozan, and really, just the whole idea of not being able to just close out in the fourth quarter, because y'all, y'all, y'all n- nearly like was it a ten point deficit from y'all? Think y'all score around like I don't, y'all didn't even score twenty Which points game? in game four. Y'all didn't even score twenty points in the fourth quarter. No, actually, the, the
2: Raptors were leading most of
1: that game. No, no, they no, 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 no just just the fourth quarter. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, y'all, y'all only yeah, scored, they lost the lead in the middle of the fourth, but y'all and only scored eighteen, 18 points. You only scored eighteen points in the fourth quarter to Washington twenty six. DeMar DeRozan was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. Step back threes. I was like, what, what are you doing? What, what are you doing right now, DeMar? So, and I understand he was frustrated, like you said, not getting to the free throw line, but that is, that is a game you have to close. You have to close that game. And when you start to recognize that DeMar DeRozan, and, and again, like these, these are just expectations. DeMar DeRozan is not a defender. He's not too much of a playmaker. And so if all you're asked upon to do is to score, that is something you have to do consistently. That's It's
2: not just DeRozan, though, because in that game, even Kyle Lowry was making so many. Like, John Wall got two posters because Kyle Lowry would refuse to sag off him. He would pressure him, and John Wall just explodes by him, gets a quick little blow-by animation, and attacks the hoop. And, and I'm just like, why are you playing John Wall that close? Do you think he's going to shoot the ball or something? He hasn't done it all series. So I don't understand why he was going over screens and fighting to almost like harass. I think he was trying to get into his head more than anything. Because if you watch the games, Otto Porter does a lot of flopping and he, he reaches and he's super. He almost plays like Lance Stevenson, but not as aggressive. And so that frustrates players like DeRozan. You're like, yo, you're not calling any foul calls. He keeps hitting me on the arm. And so I think Lowry was trying to reciprocate that, but every time he did, John Wall would just walk right by him. And then it's a breakdown. And then you got to rely on rotations. But if the Wizards make smart passes, they'll get the bucket. I was saying and it, so time it was a breakdown. Really,
1: it was a breakdown and like Bradley Bill was just killing y'all. Like Brad, no, Bradley Bill was making I, almost everything. Like he was ridiculous. So
2: low. I want to ask you about that because I do think the Raptors will still win the series. And, uh, I think game three was fine. Game four is reminiscent of last year and that got me worried. But I was watching the game and the more I watched the Wizards play, cause I had to watch them the last two weeks of the regular season, cause I forced myself, okay, they're not really an interesting team to watch. They have a bald-headed Gortat pretending like he's, he has a Polish hammer every time he dunks a basketball, all right? <laughs> Is Bradley Beal better than John Wall? Cause what I've seen in this series, and I put out the tweet. Mm. I, I tweeted out. He's, I said, "No, no, no.
1: Let me, what, let me, let me, let me. Let's stop this right now. No, he's he's not better than John Wall, but he's better than. He what, shows
2: up more consistently than John Wall. He, he's better than season. what people
1: give him credit for because before even this season, the idea, and this is the reason why I just don't like ball dominant guards like John Wall because they they tend to take away way too much credit from other players like Bradley Beal, who can create his own shot, who's who was consistent." But with or without John Wall this season. And so many people just assume that, oh, yeah, Bradley Bill, all he does is stay in the corner. or All he does is rely on John Wall to give him open looks when that's not the case. Because Bradley Bill could create his own shots and get whatever he really wants on the own. And
2: really well. He was not only hitting contested threes, but he was creating his own shot. He was finding his way to attack the hoop, making good cuts. And I was just thinking to myself, I mean, John Wall continuously keeps having, like, he might score a lot, but in a lot of these games, he's just wildly inefficient. And Bradley Beal was in a lot of foul trouble. In fact, he actually fouled out at the end of the game. And uh, I think it was it was a bad call to foul up. Uh, it was it was a very odd situation how it happened. But he got incredibly furious. And I just thought to myself as I was watching the game, like, "Yo, Bradley Beal is carrying this team. He's making the big shots." And it seemed like John Wall was a second man all series long. I can't,
1: so I I can't, I can't say second man. I just think they're, 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 playing different roles on the team, but they're no, both. No, for this important. series, for this series. But specifically. I, I don't I still know. I think they're both equally important though. I think both of their I, roles are. Well, I don't know. Team.
2: Cause I don't, I'm not saying he is or he's not. I just asked the question. I said, what if I told you that Bradley Bill is better than John Wall? And some people were like, I've been saying this. Yo, it's facts. And then some people were saying, no, John Wall is a lot better. I even had one person say, if John Wall had the shooting ability of Bradley Beal, he'd be way better. But he doesn't, replied, though, But he doesn't. <laughs> I replied to that guy, but if Bradley Beal had the explosiveness of John Wall, he'd be much... Yeah, like, yeah. When are we going to stop that's all a, these what-if situations? That's don't. Why, right? why
1: are you bringing a what-if to a conversation that is like an actual conversation? That's
2: because a lot of people say that, believe it or not, uh, in the comparison. But one person made a very sound argument. He just said, a lot like Kobe and Shaq, we can stop comparing them and just... Like, they complement each other. Yeah, in exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much... I think... I don't know how much they complement each other. I wish Don Wall had like at least like a 38%, three-point percentage. And then at that point, if John Wall could take pressure off Brad Beal, then it would maybe compliment... But I, I see what he's trying to say, and to a certain extent, but I don't know. I, I thought it was a good question, though, because it's not... It's not as obvious as it once before where John Wall is a 90 overall and Bradley Beal is like the 84.
1: Yeah, but that's like I said before, it it comes across as if John Wall is more important to the team simply because he just handles a ball more often. But, I mean, you have to have the proper floor spacing for John Wall to be productive because he's an inefficient shooter, especially as further away he gets from the rim. So, he needs the spacing to attack and... Yeah, this, okay, this is the part that I want to say. John Wall needs the spacing to, to attack to the basket. Bradley Bill really doesn't need John Wall to create shots for him and get him open looks or even make, make his shots because he's been proven this entire series along with this year as well. John Wall in or out of the lineup, I'm going to get my buckets. And so I think that's where people are trying to start. I think that's where they're starting to make the, um, distinction between the two where bradley bill doesn't really need john wall as much as john wall really needs bradley bill however when they are on the floor together what john wall can do for not just bradley bill and the rest of the team i think that's a that's greater than what bradley bill can actually do for the team when the roles are reversed i think that's if that makes sense but i I feel like i just want to be clear bradley bill does not need John Wall as much as John Wall needs Bradley bill Because if it was anyone else on the perimeter, because Bradley Bill right now is shooting forty-four percent from behind the yard this series. If it was any, if it was anybody else, I don't there's not that many players he could get that type of efficiency from behind the and arc. And they're
2: definitely not open shots. Like he's hitting those in people's exactly. eyes, which is and,
1: impressive. And, and at a volume, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about shooting what, I think like five or six threes a game. Making three of them a game, like so at that volume and that efficiency, we talking well, who like Clay Thompson? Like how many shooting guards could really do that and that are willing to just not like not like a uh, James Harden type of uh, shooting guard where he handles the ball a lot? How many off ball shooters could be shooting at that efficiency at that volume? That that that's the reason why I think a lot of people are starting to say the things they say about Bradley Beal, which is fine, but I just I want to be clear. What John Wall does for the rest of that team, I think it's more important, more important to that dynamic than what Bradley Beal does for John Wall. But John Wall definitely needs a player like Bradley Beal.
2: Yeah. Interestingly enough, Morris is playing really well. Even Scott is balling now. Last two games, even Gortat himself has been playing well. He got a nice post. Oh, wait, let's,
1: let's Let's hold on for a second. Look, man. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you because I've I've kind of put my neck on the line for this. Your team better win. Let's 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 get clear. They they will. I mean they almost lost the a couple years ago. No 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 no. This is a new year, right? This this has been our both of our arguments. Yeah. So we can't really utilize other arguments or other years for what the standard is this year. Demar DeRozan – he just, he just has to, I mean, that, that is the point of being put in the conversation of one of the next, I mean, he, I don't think he's really a top 10 player, but even if you want to say towards nine, then them a ninth player to 15th, there has to be some level of consistency when it comes to scoring. Especially if you're not, in the even lead players level like defender. James
2: Harden don't show that, or even Westbrook yeah, but, don't show that, but,
1: right? Oh well, Westbrook, I'm, I'm really starting to, care. I'm really, really starting. To, but we, okay, we're not going to talk about Westbrook. But James Harden, he he facilitates, and that's something that Demar doesn't do. And James Harden is a much better three point shooter as well, which is something that Demar doesn't do either. And so, even though I get what you're saying on the defensive end, yeah, I get that part. But they just have other responsibilities. Whereas Demar DeRozan, especially because, um. What's, what's your um, coach name? Um, Dwayne Casey decided Dwayne Casey. to to utilize other players and change the, the playing style of the team, not being so heavy isocentric. I mean, you, you just can't have, you can't have a game where you just shoot that poorly from the field, especially when you're talking about a game that is um dependent of going up three, one, or just being tied two two. I, yeah, I, I, st- I I'll still tell have you the, Toronto. The main anymore.
2: issue isn't even all of that for the Raptors specifically. It's, it's the Jesus, man. It's like you watch the Pacers and they turn it over a lot. And then you watch the Raptors and they just find a way to make worse turnovers. Like there was a play in the last game where it's a fast break. I forgot who was passing to who, but uh the guy at the top of the three point line is running to the paint, fast break, kicks it to the corner, and it was just the pass was so bad that it just went out of bounds. And there was nobody there to contest the guy in the corner. It was just a horrible pass. And you just think to yourself, how are you guys messing this up? This is the most simple of passes do not turn it over, but they continuously keep having these high turnover games. And in the first half, the Raptors were up and they were doing well in game four. And then, uh, and I think at the time, the Wizards either had two or zero fast break points. It was incredibly, incredibly little. So they, it was basically the Raptors game at that point. They were up 11 at the half, I believe. And then next thing you know, they start to turn it over like crazy in the second half. Then you get John Wall and Bradley Beal gets these hype plays. And then, and then Ubre flops, and then gets a call, and the crowd goes crazy. And then there was almost a fight. I don't know if you heard, like Morris was shoving refs and shit in game three. And so it's a pretty intense series. And now the crowd is involved and you're playing away and you just officially fucked yourself. And I'm just thinking to myself, how are you doing these unforced turnovers? And then they switch it to Dwayne Casey in the huddle and Dwayne Casey is saying, guys, keep up the tempo. And I'm thinking, no, slow that shit down. That is the reason you guys are messing up and doing these turnovers. Unless you're confident you're going to make the pass, please stop forcing the, forcing the action. And it it is. That's the main thing. Just stop turning it over, and they will win the game. That's basically the reason why the Pacers let the Cavs back into the series is they keep doing the same exact thing. So uh, it'll all depend on that. The Raptors are back home for the next game, which is tomorrow. And I'm hoping that Fred Van Fleet will come back because, geez, would be and nice and to me, have let
1: me, let me also be clear. That will not be any credible excuse or reason no, no, to why it's y'all— just, it's just, No, I'm, I'm not saying for you. So when but you I, take I off I Lowry Twitter, and you go to the bench? No, Agent. No, 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 no. It would be great to have him. Let me be clear. It would be good to have him. But that would not having be having
2: Van Vliet is like having Marcus Smart. Did you see I uh, agent, the Celtics agent, game today? I don't care
1: what you're what you're trying to say right now. Fred Van Vliet, yes, it would be nice to have him, but that is that that would that okay, would not be a valid reason. But I get what reason. you I already know what you're gonna that say. He's not gonna reason. be the
2: reason why you guys lose. Yes. I understand that. That
1: would not okay. be a valid reason at all.
2: If Celtics not having Marcus Smart was also not the reason they lost. But being having the option, especially since uh Dwayne Casey likes to go deep in the rotation, to instead of going defense with Delon Wright, to go offense with Fred Van Fleet, especially when they're running dry and they're turning the ball over, to have that option, Van Fleet, the guy, the man himself, would be nice. So we've seen in and, and, and we'll switch it up from here to talk about Marcus Smart and the Celtics actually won their game. I believe they're up Three, two up against the Bucks. So first of all, shout out to Chris Middleton. No one's talking about him, but he's playing fantastic this say, series. Just,
1: that's another one. So I guess we can say Brad, Bill, Clay Thompson, and Chris Middleton just, just stroking it. It's unbelievable.
2: Yo, pause, but yeah, yeah pause, like pause, he's pause, sh- pause, like shimmy hook. Like I'm seeing him do fades from the high post. Thinking to myself, what are we watching right now? And then he hits an incredibly clutch three point shot to bring the team back before thon maker, of course, loses the game. So uh <laughs> Loh, said, I want to get your course. take on this. I had and <laughs> did you watch it? Like that yeah. was incredibly that thon maker is ass, man.
1: <laughs> he had, he had he had um two good games at home, but um first of all he's, he's first ass. of all we haven't done this in a while. Shout out to the great Al Horford, yo. He's been he's easily been the most consistent offensive player for the um for the Celtics. Which is saying a lot because this is a team that is basically dependent on their defense. And so if you at that point, especially if you're able to consistently hold the um the Milwaukee Bucks to under a hundred points, you just need someone very to very good defensively which, that entire game. Very impressive. Yeah. So they they really just need someone to just be a consistent 20 point scorer that's really all Brad um Brad Stevens should be asking of anyone and Al Horford has been really one of the more consistent ones cuz Jason Tatum had a really bad night tonight but um Al Horford just you know he's he's a great Al Horford I, I really don't have to say much of anything else but like you said um Marcus Smart coming back defensively you can immediately see the impact that he had still there was certain uh, certain shots that he took that it was very questionable and a consistent theme with them is that they, they go on these stretches where, and it's, it's starting to become pretty massive stretches where offensively they just struggle so much so. And a team with just a significant amount of talent on their roster may be able to, maybe be able to make up whatever, um, lost in points that they had within the game. And that's what basically what's been happening with the, I think it was game one when they went into overtime. And it happened tonight as well, where
2: it happened twice tonight where they had major droughts yeah, of four it, plus minutes. It's just, it's just that,
1: that right there. If you're a Celtics fan, I mean, if you're a Celtics fan, you probably really don't care that much because, um, Kyrie's out and so is Gordon Hayward. And you're, you're assuming that that is something that will fix itself. But as of right now, that's something that's kind of concerning. Um, but I mean, I mean, I don't think, I mean, my, my expectations for the Celtics went down just because obviously Kyrie and and Gordon is out. But then on on the Milwaukee side is there just certain stretches where they are just, I don't know how they even operate. Like the first, I want to say the first quarter and a half, it was just egregious. They only scored 15 points in the first quarter, um, last game, or I guess this game that we're referring to game five. And then they consistently struggled. If Giannis and Chris Middleton aren't on the floor, they either space out the floor or create for everyone else. It just makes it pointless. And, and the coaching is just terrible. The rotations are just off. Like, I don't, I don't know how that team can't function properly just in spurts, especially when Boston gives them multiple opportunities to come back offensively. That, that, that is the, that's the most frustrating thing about that. But again, like I said before, cause Giannis really didn't, he, he had moments, but and I understand he was trying to do this game cause he was getting, he's trying to get a lot more people involved and like Brogdon shot one for five, Eric Bledsoe five for 15, but I think Giannis should have been a little bit more aggressive earlier on and tried to find his way into the lane, but the problem is that it's so obvious that he can't shoot, so it just shrinks the floor in the half-court setting, and when you're dealing with a really smart defensive team like Boston, regardless of how freakishly athletic and, and tall and big Giannis is, even he's at a massive disadvantage, so... It's going to be interesting moving forward, though, to see how this team coaches against um the Celtics and vice versa. But uh, uh, for a team that has this much talent, it, it really shouldn't just be three players contributing. Uh, that, that's ridiculous. Eric, Eric Bledsoe should be disappointed in himself. You can't Eric Bledsoe uh, saying that you can't be going around t- saying people. I don't know who Terry Rozier is. The, the nigga that's dro- <laughs> the, he, the dude that's <laughs> dropping you off right now. That that's who Terry Rozier is. <laughs> the dude that's outplaying you, that that's who Terry Rosier is, bro.
2: So the Celtics in uh in this game, latest game, shot fourteen more field goal attempts than the Bucks and that came from a combination of things. Like the Bucks were just out rebounded. It came from turnovers of course, but when you look at the Bucks, if you just looked at numbers and never watched the game, you think they were playing well. But when you actually watch the game, you see a lot of the offense. I know we just criticized the Celtics offense, but jeez, man, this Bucks offense. And I don't want to start crediting the Celtics defense more than I want to criticize this Bucks offense. Outside of when Chris Middleton is making things happen on ISO or Giannis is just running off a of pick and roll and taking people right to the 10 or throwing it up to the big man. Like there's really nothing ever going on. Like, at least when a player like Ben Simmons, you know can't shoot the three ball, begins to drive. Not only is JJ Redick sorry. Uh, Bellinelli. you have Covington, Bellinelli, all lined up, just praying you guys leave them open. This team, you would assume has a, like, not as, like, of course, I think 76 shooters are a lot better, but Chris Middleton has been playing fantastic. Uh, you have Malcolm Brogdon, who's been great from three. Uh, you can I can't, even argue I can't, I can't players, say he's
1: been great from three. I can't say that. No, no. Uh,
2: well, he's a, he's a good three-point shooter, but it, it really just seems like the top two players on this team are just, Trying to do all they can to lead the team to a victory. And, and yeah, I guess it comes down to coaching, man. Or maybe it just comes down to Celtics defense. W- whatever the case is, it just seems unlikely that this Bucks team is going to come away with a W. Though if, if, uh, the Bucks won this game, I would have had to eat my words, man. Cause I was a hundred percent confident that the Celtics were going to come away with the victory on this series. I would have been surprised, so surprised if the Bucks, I'm surprised they even won two games, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, you're uh, ridiculous. So, but
1: I'll, I'll say this. I mean, yeah. it, it, it <laughs> could, it could get pushed to a game seven, but I mean, if, if Boston is able to pull something out next game, that would be, that would be great for them. Um, but game five, just so people get understanding, like agent said, the turnovers and rebounds, the, the, the gap between the two weren't significantly big. It was just simply put the buckshot 37% from the field and 20 Woo! and 27% from behind the arc. from the free throw line that is that is literally why they lost that that is it when you shoot below 40% as a team from the field and below 30% from behind the arc that that's ridiculous that is that is just a lot of this game
2: was so frustrating though for me to watch every time I'd flip to 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 watch the game it would be on commercial man like five times in it must a row, be, I literally I think it must
1: be something else. But go ahead.
2: I, I lost interest. I like, yo, I literally just waited till the last two minutes, and even then, I kept getting hit with commercials. I'm like, damn it, man, it's just pissing me off. Like, I'm gonna go to do something, come back, game is commercials. Like they had more ads than actual basketball in, in game five, man, it's just driving me crazy. Yo, I just want to point out, cause if we had to highlight a player this series, lo, Chris Middleton shot 71% in game one, 67% in game two. 50% in Game 3, and 60% in Game 4. And that is from the fucking three-point line. That is ludicrous. He shot 31 points, 25 points, 23 points, 23 points. So when we talk about players showing up consistently for their team and dropping the buckets when they can, is if this is not a picture-perfect explanation right here of how to get it done, not no inconsistent, can't carry out a win against the Wizards. No, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Shout-out to Chris Middleton, man. Uh he got off to a rough start this year. Uh but he's been able to bounce back. It'd be cool to see this team make it to round two, but then all the Giannis fanboys would their minds would get so big and they wouldn't stop talking about how great the Bucks are as an organization. I mean,
1: let's be honest. Would. A lot of these Giannis fans, they're just they're they're LeBron fans looking for the next LeBron.
2: They don't watch Giannis. Yes. They just assume because the team has Giannis that they're fantastic. And then when you watch them play, you realize real quick, nah. It's not that simple. Yeah, it's not. And, but no, uh, I
1: think I think a lot of those Giannis fans are just low key LeBron fans. And they just yeah, they just want they just want somebody else to be like, Bro, look at him carrying that roster a whole bunch of scrubs and bums and it's like part, Actually, yeah, it's a very similar yeah, story they yeah, tell about LeBron. It's, it's very very, very similar, even though Giannis has way more help than LeBron did in his first seven years, but Oh, yeah. Like it's part, part a huge a huge part of the reason why they aren't able to to win or at least have success offensively is because there's just no floor spacing with Giannis with the ball in his hand and, and that's a massive problem.
2: So Low, that's that's interesting. Uh I a lot of people complain that he doesn't have any teammates now. Bro, he didn't like compared to when uh he made it to the finals. Uh with with the Cavs? Yo, he didn't have who did he have? Larry Hughes, Ilgalskis, Booby Gibson? Who am I
1: forgetting? Like like that's it. Uh who, who they... Virgiao. Ugh. That's it. Cause Mo, Mo, Because Mo, Mo Williams wasn't on there when they went to the finals in oh seven. So I think you're right. you I think you got uh, Hughes, Gibson, Jesus Virgil, <laughs> and uh um, yeah.
2: Yo, I don't want to listen. LeBron's team this year is a all time lineup compared to what he had to deal with back then. And he brought that team to the, that's crazy. Spe- that is- Speaking
1: of this, actually, so we can transition. <laughs> Cause I almost forgot about this. Um, to the Miami Phillies series. Cause I, I, I dead ass almost forgot about this. Um, shout out to Meek Mill for coming back. Yeah. Tell me, tell me why this man Meet Mill. Have you seen, you saw him, right? No, I missed the first half. No, okay. So I got, I might have to send you a picture. This man, Meek Mill, looks like, uh, like a, a brand new creative player in 2K. He like a 55 overall. I, I'm, (laughs) I'm so serious. This man, Meek Mill came to the arena in a brown shirt agent. No. Yes, he did. I was like, I was (laughs) like, bro, why does he look like. Yeah, you gonna link this? Yes, I'm about to link it real quick. I'm like, bro, why did he come to the arena? Like this, the most. I was like, "What is? What is he doing? Oh, I got. I got to find this picture. Hold on, hold on. That is hilarious. I was. I was so mad. I missed
2: the start of the game because I really wanted to see the whole crowd standing ovation for Meek and everything oh, like they that. Were they were
1: going hard. They were going hard. They
2: were hard. Man, uh, so the seventy sixers just won their series. Uh, shout out to those guys. The Heat again. I mean, I had the the seventy sixers winning in six. The Heat did a little bit worse than that, but. The 76ers just managed to show up. Even when the shooting was bad for the team, they still found a way to close a couple of those games out, which is impressive. So a lot like what Houston has to go through. When Houston's not on point with their shooting, like they were, I believe it was game two, where uh, they all shot horribly, was that game one. Whatever the case, they just found a way to win. And a lot of people have been projecting the 76ers to finally make the finals. Now that the Raptors are tied to 76 Sixers made easy work of the Miami Heat, and of course the Cleveland Cavaliers are struggling with the Pacers. And I don't know if maybe people are getting overboard. I think it would be fantastic to see Embiid in the finals.
1: Uh, oh, you you must not have seen my tweet because I've, I've I put out something like that too. Where I was like, yeah, right now looking at y'all team and in Cleveland, I, Cleveland got to a point where well, I'll say this: my percentages were. 45% for Philly, 35% for Toronto, and 20% for Cleveland. That's where I'm at right now.
2: Uh, well, we'll we'll see. I do want to wait uh, until round one is over with the Cavs and Toronto before uh, I make any sort of predictions like that. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I don't even know if there's much to say other than, not, yo, if you guys don't watch 70-60 games, please do. It is so exciting. i to like to say, it is usually the
1: most exciting team to watch. Like not even In close.
2: game three, Hassan Whiteside was in foul trouble. So he had two fouls, and I believe it was uh, in the middle of the second quarter. They went, in, they went down low to Embiid. Embiid went up for the shot. Well, it was a dunk. And he got fouled by Hassan Whiteside. And then he held up a three symbol. And I was thinking to myself, Embiid, that was a two, my guy. And then the commentators brought up, that he was mocking the fact that Whiteside had three fouls and he was gonna have to sit down. And I thought to myself, God damn, the Embiid really gives no fucks. This guy is taking massages low on the court. This man usually this, this like man was
1: eating a chicken sandwich before the game. I was <laughs> like, bro, what is he doing? Bro, I just to- you know how much you have to disrespect your opponent to eat. A
2: chicken sandwich before a basketball then, game. It, it
1: didn't look like it was like a healthy one. It like he went to McDonald's, like with a rap yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, yo, he's bugging right now.
2: Yo, if, if, if the only way he can make that worse is if he ate a taco. If you eat a taco before a basketball game, oh, you're just praying, you're praying that your stomach doesn't blow up, man. All that run. You have to take the most massive shit mid game. Yo, he did show up in a brown shirt. He
1: showed up in a brown shirt, bro. He looked like is, a, he ain't weight too. A fifty five overall note. He ain't getting obviously. He didn't get no haircut or nothing like that. I'm like, bro, come on, Meek, you can't look like that in your first appearance. But he really didn't care. But
2: I hope I hope we don't hear shit from Meek until he just drops the album out of nowhere. That would be crazy.
1: Uh, Wouldn't that be crazy? Uh, I guess. Yo, but shout out, shout out to the um. The, uh, not the South, excuse me. The 76ers. 76ers. Yeah, 76ers. Um, great win. I think when I looked at Miami, I, there was a couple of things that I liked. Um, Justice Winslow, um, especially Jay Rich defensively. Kelly Olynyk looked really nice this uh, series. They have a lot of questions moving forward. I don't know if they want to continue the thought of, um, Gordon Drogic being their, I guess, their go-to guy. Especially when it comes to ball handling and, and shooting.
2: No, I don't think Goran is an issue. I, I mean, Deion Waiters. Is oh no, still, he's he's not remember.
1: he's not an issue. But I I, don't, I think I think it's fairly obvious they want to upgrade it at some other position, and um and yeah, like you said, Deion Waiters was. A, I don't really know how big of a difference he would have made in that series. That I probably still would have picked um, Philly to win. But yeah, D, you're right. I mean, that that kind of cuts out some of their depth as well. But um, Jay Rich, in my opinion, he, he played fine for majority of the um series, and he was actually making the threes. That he normally doesn't make or at least struggles to make consistently throughout this entire series. Um, but I will say this. Whiteside, as someone who's getting paid 20 plus million dollars, I think 22 this year. And for someone who was, and we, and we opened up this series saying this as well. The whole purpose of Whiteside to be on the floor is when you match up against a team like Philly, who has a player like Joel Embiid. The impact that he has should be felt immediately. And maybe game, um, I guess game four, when Embiid really, he just wasn't scoring that well at all. He was he well, he didn't find that much rhythm in the post. You can say that was the moment, but game three and game five, game three, he just got Embiid in foul trouble, like you said. And then in game five, Embiid, I mean, uh, well, one, Weiss had only played like 10, 15 minutes, which is a, another huge problem. But Embiid was was completely fine, and mind you, Embiid wasn't even hundred percent because he had the mask on. And so, when when you're really looking at Hassan Whiteside, what 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 they're gonna do with him moving forward? I don't. I mean, you. They, I don't know what you would do with someone who's getting paid that much money, and the whole purpose of them kind of becomes invalid. And that's that's a scary part for them.
2: They were shopping him for sure at trade deadline. Uh, I would that's, be surprised if he stays on that too team. That's
1: price tag for anybody to really want though.
2: I mean, yep. Yeah, but I mean, the Heat's gonna have to give up some picks if they want to get him off the, thing, the team. The thing
1: is, they gave right. up picks to get Dragic, so they don't really have any picks.
2: They're gonna have to find a way, or they're <laughs> gonna have to package him with some sort of promising player. Because uh, last thing you want is an Omer Sheik to sit on your books, or who's another player that just sits on books? Chandler Parsons does that a Ooh, lot.
1: Boy, Evan
2: Turner. Evan Turner just sits on books. He doesn't really do and shit. What's, and what's really uh,
1: crazy is that they they just drafted Bam, and not to say that Bam right now I wouldn't say Bam is better than Whiteside, but Bam he has the potential to be a better defender because he'll be a rim protector just like Whiteside. However, he moves much much better laterally when it comes to um defending the pick and roll. I don't I don't know that that's that's the situation. That's yo Hassan
2: Whiteside is like a rim protector. That has a zero shot contest, but a 99 block rating.
1: I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that, I, exactly I that like. far, but I, yeah, I, I see, know, what, I see exactly what you're, what you're saying,
2: is. though. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, 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 no I'm saying just that because a lot of people equate being a rim protector and getting – we're not going to get into that, but just he did not look good at all that series, and it is very showing, and he complained he wasn't getting minutes, so he showed he's unhappy. I'd be surprised if he makes it until the next year still on the heat. They he's They have to, be they have some to
1: find someone to trade. And, um, like I said, man, I mean, it's the if heat. he, they'll find a way. If he can't, if he can't find any consistent minutes against the 76ers with Embiid, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how anyone is going to be able to implement him in any type of offensive and defensive schemes. If he doesn't give it his all on pick and roll defense and if he's not some type of consistent threat on the, um, offensive end, but that, that was, it was a very telling series for Hassan Whiteside. I agree wholeheartedly. Oh, uh yeah, shout out to Wade. shout other? out to Wade, cuz uh, there might have been I mean it's not clear yet but some nah, people are saying no way that's his last. Yeah, season. yeah, I don't I don't think it is either but some people are saying that that might actually be his last game. So if if it is shout out to the um I in my opinion the third greatest shooting guard of all time.
2: Okay, you might have been pushing it there. Am I? Am I? <laughs>
1: I mean I don't I don't I, I don't I mean, think I don't think I don't take um I don't view Jerry West as a, as a shooting guard. So, uh, in my opinion. Why not? I don't know, to me, I think it's very obvious he was a point guard. But I mean, if you think that Jerry West is a point guard, I mean, a shooting guard, then I guess you can debate him in, um, not even really debate. Wade would be the fourth best shooting guard of all time at that point. But I don't know. I think, I think Jerry West is a point guard.
2: All right. Uh, that's, that's the whole different story. Low, uh I don't know I don't even wanna go into this series because I feel like it's incredibly relevant. But the Spurs managed to win a game before, of course, tonight, making it close but getting knocked out by the Golden State Warriors. Gives time for Curry to get back. Uh I think I believe it was Clay Thompson. Somebody was asked about Curry's injury and they basically said, We're hopeful he returns, but uh they're not expecting it. So there's a good chance that Stephen Curry might be out for the first few games. Of the series against uh, who's your next opponent? Pelicans. Is it the Pelicans? Yeah. From, okay. my, from my understanding, so, Steve
1: Kerr said that they are they, not even really anticipating for him to come back until the conference finals.
2: And I don't think they need him to come back to be honest. But uh, I, I even if I they don't have for, Curry, I not go
1: that far. But go ahead, go.
2: Even if they don't have Curry, I do believe that they will win by five against the Pelicans.
1: Oh man, that's 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 kind of tough because
2: I know because we just seen the Pelicans destroy the Trailblazers, but uh, I don't want a lot of people to forget how dominant this Golden State team is, and that's without Curry. Like if we just forget they had Clay and Draymond, and they just had KD, I might still have Golden State winning. Well, but tell me, not tell me if, they, they if they
1: don't, if they didn't have Clay Thompson have and Draymond, Clay. and it was just KD. Yes, yes. No, no, that's i see that listen, now that that's that's, that's that's no, that's ridiculous. Nah, That's nah, nah. I,
2: is this, I, as, as much as I would love somebody to eliminate Golden State, it's fun to watch them play. And they're probably going to find a way to make this series look like a cruise. Like, the Spurs are no joke. I mean, I know they ranked a 7th seed, but just barely. Pretty much everybody between seed 3 to seed 8 was just separated by a couple games. So they made the Spurs go away like it was light.
1: No, uh, no, I, I and, can't say that. The last three games, it, I mean, the last three games were relatively close.
2: But, I mean, what I'm saying is they found ways to close out it's the same way Philadelphia made Miami look like light work is they just found ways to close out. But I think the Spurs are a really good team. I mean, granted, they don't have their best player, but they're coached by the best and they have a lot of talent on the team outside of Kawhi Leonard. And, uh, to do it without Stephen Curry, low, uh, what do you have? Who do you have winning and by how much? In in the series,
1: in in this series, or are you talking about the next one? The next,
2: this series is over, man. I mean,
1: I I thought you asked me like, what did I have? Because to be honest, I had a, <laughs> I, I had a sweep in this series. Um, but
2: me too. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't I don't I really don't want to go too much deep into because I, I do want to say it, but I, I I think Golden State is going to win, but I don't think it's going to be by five. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to either six or seven, just because the matchups really don't favor either either team. To be honest with you. Because Katie, there's really nobody on. I don't. I don't know how New Orleans is really going to guard Katie, to be honest with you, because they've been playing a three-guard lineup for a majority of the season, and even when it comes to Drew Holiday, damn, and his in his um <laughs> yeah they've been they've been running Rondo, Etwan Moore, and Drew Holiday. No, I just
2: thought about even Sean Livingston would have height yeah, on, and, and like they, whoever would a, it would be a massive
1: <laughs> height advantage, and then yeah. even guarding Clay Thompson. It's not like Drew Holiday will be guarding him on ball the same way that they try to utilize, um, Damon in that Portland series. And so you couldn't even really get up into him. Um, sure. Rondo, whoever he decides to pick up, I, I would assume it would be Iguodala. I, I, I just, I don't know. The the matchups on the perimeter will be very interesting. And then on the flip side, how they'll be able to defend a from the Warriors. That will also be very interesting as well. But if, if, if when you look at it in that respects, I I guess I would have to say the Warriors would just have a, a much bigger advantage in certain instances simply it's not because not gonna be that close. though. I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm saying us. that because I don't I just don't think AD will be a consistent threat or as much as a threat as a Kevin Durant will be, and I think that will be the biggest gap. I just don't want to I don't want to undersell what New Orleans could possibly do, but
2: I just want everyone who had the whole playoff Rondo thing to.
1: We're gonna find
2: out if there's such thing as a playoff Ronda. Listen, clear, if he can we, okay, perform against, so, the, we
1: clearly saw it last year and this year against the Trailblazers. A we fantastic saw it defensive last team, year right? In this year, so what are we saying? Stop. We did they're playing against the best team in the Man, NBA. If, Ronda, if Ronda was healthy last year, they would have they would have got on um, the Celtics. Who out do you game. think
2: they're gonna put on him, Lowe? Like the best offenses they're catching Draymond and Clay to the dome, my guy. Who's 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 passing those guys? Like They have such an elite suite of defenders. It's insane how stacked one team could be. It infuriates me, but it also makes me happy because I don't know why. I don't, it's just exciting to see that team drop people off. But then I'm like, yo, stop doing it. It's boring watching the same team win. So I'm conflicted, of course. But I, there's no reasonable way I could possibly expect the Pelicans to, without Curry, Come on, man, Lo. You giving them too much hope right now? Six or seven games, man. Maybe six, but seven is out the question. My guy. I just that is not just, happening. Certain
1: matchups, I don't, I don't necessarily know how. Because I mean, because at point they they are run, running, the whole matchup running, thing, way, man. At point, don't. at point they're running dialing, so I don't know how that's going to favor them. Especially because if you're putting Dollar on the floor, you're giving up spacing. So then, even on the other hand, it's not like Rondo's going to be. Not necessarily. I it, mean, Iguodala shoots
2: threes like Rondo shoots that, that's, threes, what That's right? what I was about
1: to say. You're, you're going to, then it kind of evens out with him and Rondo. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. And also, I think Kerr is just a better coach than Gentry. And so I think that that also favors the um, Warriors. I still have the Warriors winning. I just think it's going to be a little bit more interesting than I think you're giving them credit. Because um JaVale McGee definitely not guarding no Anthony Davis. Let's get, let's be clear about that. The way, the way that, um, Rondo and Holiday were just throwing the ball down to, um, AD and the way that he was just making it consistently, that's, that's going to be tough. Nobody's
2: going to guard Anthony Davis. And, man, and, Dra- and Draymond's
1: going to have to see that's another thing too. Draymond's going to have to start making his shots to make Mirtich work. Because Draymond has been inconsistent, not just during the regulars, I mean, the postseason, but also throughout the entire regular season. He's always inconsistent. I always. know, but this year was worse. He was shooting, this, this is the worst shooting, shoot, shooting season he's had, I think in his career, but definitely over the last three to four years. And so if, if he's not able to make Miritich work, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I have to, I have to look more into it. But, um, I do want to say this though about these Spurs. Um, again, you pointed out it's still very interesting. No one's not really talking about it. This could possibly be the last year of the dynasty because Popovich, it's not clear if he's going to come back or not. Kawhi Leonard, there's been a lot more talks of trade rumors. And then you got Ginobili and Parker who might have played their last season as well. Um, shout out to Lamarcus Aldridge, 30 point outing in the last game of, of the season. Uh, and I think that Aldrich and the turnaround he had this year is, I think, I think it does wonders for his, his, um, his career. Especially moving forward, his his ability to kind of shift into whatever he needs to become, and um, I saw a good uh, a good, I guess I guess some good effort from Murray on the defensive end that I liked, and uh, Patty Mills offensively was still bringing it every now and then, but the rest of the team, I don't I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward because they just don't have enough pieces to really keep keep the dynasty and legacy um, pushing for another decade or so. Especially if, um, especially if Kawhi isn't there, and that that's going to be interesting to see what they do next.
2: Yeah, uh, that it might be the first time in my lifetime where the Celtics have been a bad team, objectively speaking. So I mean, I mean, every time I've I've doubted them, they've managed to pull it together. But this time, I think they're dealing with a new set of problems, and we'll see if they can bounce back from it. Like the Lakers have and rebuild a team that has all this kind of potential. The Lakers, no,
1: I say the Lakers really still ain't bounced back. We still just waiting and hoping.
2: I mean, yeah, that's what the cap space is for, right? Don't get into that low. You can be, but we don't really need cap space. Nah, now's not the time, man. Uh, So I mean, what else is there to talk about? Of course, there's the Cavs series. The Cavs tie things up two-two. I don't really want to even talk about this series because I feel like we covered everything. Not much has happened aside from the Cavs closing out a game. Uh, since then, which by the way is big because they're back at home now and they have an opportunity to go up 3-2, which if they cannot take advantage of, would be a tragedy. Yeah, that, that, but that was,
1: that was a blown opportunity from Indiana, especially because that, um, that game came down to the, to the last quarter. It wasn't like that was a blowout or anything like that. The, um, Patriots still had an uh, opportunity to capitalize. And it, it's, it's amazing to me how, um, how Cleveland is basically running the same defensive scheme over the last two to three years, which is double off the pick and roll and double um, off of the um, uh, entry post. Uh, they entry, don't, entry they pass don't to the double post. off
2: the pick and roll. They just do a really hard hedge. No, they
1: no they they're, most they're, of the time. I mean, some most of the time, but no, they're doubling because the big man returns
2: to his guy. I no, They don't do that.
1: They're they're doubling Oladipo. They're forcing the ball out of Oladipo's hands. If
2: you in this specific series, yeah. yeah. But that's not exclusively off pick and rolls. They just do it for no reason sometimes without okay, a pick yeah, and I, roll. Okay, I, I see what you're
1: Because they did the same thing to PG last year, and I remember they they won their last game because but it works. Or, which that, that's the point that I was saying. I'm I'm pissed off that there is no team in the East who hasn't been able to a just prepare themselves for the same the same defensive scheme and b how there's no no big men in the Eastern Conference that's versatile enough. That once the pick and roll is set and then the defense collapse or doubles or blitz hard, how there's no big man that's understanding like, Oh, like you remember last year when they did the same thing to DeMar and Valentino would just dive to the basket and just leave DeMar hanging. It's the same. They're yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. same thing. And I'm like, they've been running the same defensive scheme for two years now. Like, how have you not been able to grasp how to play this? Oh, I so I think there's a
2: good me. reason it works. Any
1: inexperienced
2: team like, uh, the Raptors or the Pacers, anytime, like, you let them play in their element, like, they're gonna do what they do best. And for the Pacers, that, that means like, you know, Ola Depot dropping buckets. And if you're a shooter like Bogdanovich, it means making your shots when you get the wide open shot. But when they apply that pressure, I remember what it did to the Raptors. The second Lowry and Dools start to get double teamed, they began making panic passes, started creating some turnovers. It changed the tempo of the game. And so you're just forcing them to make right decisions. So what we saw in Game 3 was every single time the trap was set, they were making the right decision. And then Bogdanovich was just being left wide open with a three-point shot. And so in any situation where they're figuring out your trap and it's not working and your rotations are bad, you have to stop doing it. And that's the reason they lost Game 3. But in plenty of games, it does work. But in, but in, but see, so- but in
1: Game 4, they fixed that and they were leaving... Thaddeus Young open a lot in Game Four, which if you're Thaddeus Young, if if you're not making shots, my guy, just start driving to the basket. I don't know why Thaddeus Young was like, "No, nah, I'm just staying in the corner." It's like, bro, you, I mean, you can knock him down every now and then, but like they they were, yeah, they they did fix the rotation. I did like that because Bayanovich was left way w- wide open way too often, and they fixed it, and then and it was Thad Young, which might be the recipe for for um success, leaving Thad Young and Lance Stevenson. Um, once they double hard on, um, caught on, um, on Darren Collins and Collinson and Victor Oladipo. So if those are the two players that you're leaving open, that's fine. Miles Turner was actually knocking out some of his threes, especially at the top of the key. So I don't necessarily know if they want to function that way, but they do. They found the two weakest links. And so if if they're unable to, I just, I, I, I think that I think it's, it's somewhat obvious but if they're unable to find ways to just capitalize off of the, the, um, double team by just kicking out to Thad Young or Lance Stevenson and allowing them to penetrate, collapse, and have another help defender come and have a wide open Bajanovic, that's how you kill that type of, um, scheme. But if they can't do that, not, then I, then, then, then they're gonna lose the series. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because it's still very possible for the Pacers to win. Let me be very clear about that, which is crazy. But they, they have to execute much better than they did last game. That that was just unbelievable what I saw. Right.
2: Uh, and we'll see. I I hope just for the sake of parity that the Pacers come out on top, underdog wins. Uh, it would be tragic to LeBron's career for sure. But the same way I kind of want Golden State to lose. It'd be nice to see something different. But to be honest, uh, it would also be nice to see LeBron versus Embiid or LeBron versus, you know, like all those matchups we're looking forward to seeing that we haven't seen before. Either way, this way goes. To be honest, I don't really care anymore since Paul George is no longer on the Pacers. Lo, I wanna, I wanna talk to you about this, uh, Houston series, uh, before we finish the podcast, man. So, right when we thought the Timberwolves had a little bit of hope, man, they kept it close in the first half of game four. Chance they could tie it 2-2. Of course, the Timberwolves choke it. Uh, not only does Wiggins shoot 5 for 14, Jeff Teague shoots one for seven, an excruciating 14%. But they combined as a team for, say it with me now, 16 turnovers to Houston six. And so you're, you're basically fueling the team that lives and dies off the fast break. And it resulted in a massive run. Rockets got up to a huge lead and then they just rested all of their players at that it was, point. It was, it was a no historic
1: run. They scored 50 points in the third quarter. Wow!
2: Insane. So that's that. Was, Jesus. That was. Imagine how bad your defense. And, and, has and to I be think low. Harden but
1: had, I think like twenty. I want to say. Let me. I'll double check. But I think it like twenty. Think it was yeah, twenty-two, 22 right? in the third quarter. Out of that fifty point. That, yeah. that that's that was ridiculous. And like you said, they just rest them in the fourth quarter. Like it was like, all right, we go, We've won this game, and then they just like we're, we're going to just sit down so a lot, uh, to allow to so, allow fifty points. I, and I was watching that game. I was like, part part of it was like finally the players that I was kind of questioning. And their ability to knock down their shots like Trevor Reza and, um, Eric Gordon. They were much better from, from the field that, um, that game. And obviously James Harden was knocking them down too. But some of it was just like poor rotations, not getting back on defense. Like you said, the turnovers were there as well. And on the offensive end, the, the, um, and I, I guess we can say this is the problem with Tibbs as a coach. The, the Timberwolves just got to get in their sets much quicker. They, they I mean, like there's just so many advantages that they had in the series, especially with towns and they did not take advantage of it. And they just got to get in sets much quicker and they have to be able to recognize they did uh, the mismatches easier, but I, I guess a gr- it's a growing season for them, but they, they have to have those sets and, and get into them way quicker than they did this whole series.
2: Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, Derek Rose had more minutes than Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins that game. Finally, we see a game where Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Jimmy Butler and Wiggins get the types of, uh, shot allocation, just the field goal attempts you'd expect those players to have. Uh, anyway, we, we, we've seen this coming. I, I, somehow, for whatever reason, I didn't give the Rockets a sweep. I said the Rockets would throw at least one game because of horrible shooting and the Timberwolves would find a way to win. So, if the Rockets do close the next game and it is at home, so the chances are they will, uh, I would have been right perfectly with my prediction on this series. So that'd be fantastic. Of course, uh, Wiggins, my Canadian brethren. I always hope like, you know, they kind of pulled it out, but the Rockets made it through and it's honestly going to be a fantastic matchup when they play Golden State in the Western Conference finals. So hoping Curry gets healthy for that. Honestly, I think that's the series that everybody is most looking forward to.
1: Yeah. I hope so too, but um, I don't know. I just, I just wish that um, I saw a little bit more from Towns and Wiggins, especially Towns this this series. But you know, I, I guess it so. Is. They fought to make it in and made no noise when they yeah, did. Yeah, that, that, that's the. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, I don't know that that this team has so much talent. I don't know why they're struggling this much, especially because if you just look at the way that Houston struggled, especially from the three. I, I, there's there was at least two games that were winnable for the um Timberwolves and and the fact that they're at, at least not yeah, tied. I mean they, this series could could have been tied. The fact that it's not tied that's pretty disappointing on on their end. But at least they didn't get swept. you know because it definitely was a team. At least
2: at least Denver didn't beat them in the last game. Yeah, that man. that too. You know they they got to take the trophy home of getting dismantled by the Houston Rockets. At least they got that. So on that note, low man, I think we ran through all the series. Uh That's that's really all there is to talk about, my guy. We could close out with the highlight players, man. And by the time we get on for the next podcast, we'd have seen the finale, likely of the Jazz uh OKC series, the Rockets Timberwolves well, the fir- series. The
1: first round should be done because we don't we're not gonna record until what Saturday. Uh, it depends.
2: Like sometimes they separate the days by two games, so like. The Raptors haven't played in two days, for example. So I don't know if they're going to do that with these remaining games. So that's what I'm saying. So if, if the Raptors have to uh, play their game, then wait two days, play their game, and given it goes to a game seven, there's a chance like, you know, it could be done in like five days or something like that.
1: No, if I'm, okay, okay, get, okay. If it goes to game seven, all the game sevens would conclude on Sunday. If, if. Jeez. So yeah, that, that, that's what it would be. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, yep. Yeah, I see it. Um,. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, uh, but uh, highlight player of the podcast. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to my man Donovan Mitchell. Actually, no, I'll I'll wait until they either win win or lose a series or whatever. I'll I'll give it to the um the winners of the um of their series. Uh, so I'll give it to Ben Simmons and um Embiid. And Both of them played great, especially Ben Simmons. His impact on that team is is obvious, and I like the fact that he's been able to be consistent. Be very calm, smart for a player who is uh, not a shooter. He's been able to still find his way around, around the, um, defense and being able to probe in when he needs to and, and be able to just read on the fly. And dwell and be very active and aggressive and being able to draw those fouls and, um, pulled off a, a win that many people were expecting. But looking at the, the, the way that a lot of teams have been underperforming this year, especially, um, some of the excuses that certain players have made for others especially if you're a rookie i mean that that would have been a, a easy excuse to why you were quote unquote inexperienced um but still man yeah sh- shout out to them for for performing well also shout out to prince prodigy man your team lost your 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 team lost and you told me to save that tweet as if like hassan whiteside was gonna do anything so yeah shout out to prince prodigy miami laws bro
2: I just thought of a fantastic video idea during the podcast. I definitely have to write it down. <laughs> okay, so my highlight player, low, I'd give it to Chris Middleton, but I honestly feel like it deserves to Meek Mill for showing up in a brown shirt. Come on, Meek Mill, man. You play any bit of 2K, you should know you can't go anywhere every, in a brown every, shirt every, without being criticized. Every
1: picture of him, he, he dead ass looks like a 55 overall, bro. That's crazy. He
2: does, well, sixty overall. Now that it's eighteen, but yeah, deadass, ass, sixty overall, Meek Mill. So I'm actually literally inspired by this. I will now at four a.m. Low, hit up some folks and yo, Low, are you down? I'm about to hop on with uh, Ben. Oh, absolutely not. And we're I'm about to, I'm run about to go run some to 2K. Food. Yo, Low, let's just play two K for like nah, forty five minutes. Forty five. Oh my god, no, <laughs> cut it out. Yo, I just want to record the video and then uh, you know you could be on your way. No, nah, I'm good, bro. Right, I'll convince him off the podcast, but yeah, so Meek Mill uh definitely gets my vote for this one. Hey, shout out to Meek for being out, man. I feel like, imagine being locked up for some the dumbest possible thing. Jeez, man, I feel bad he even had to go, ah, what a horrible situation. The sad thing is, is like he had it good compared to a lot of other people who are doing, you hear those stories of people that went out for life and then they finally got acquitted and you're like... Yeah, really, 26 years after he's been in prison, you tell him that, oh, yeah, we realized you didn't actually do the crime. Insane. Um, There definitely needs to be more of a focus on that. But, yeah, we're going to leave it on that note. Guys, uh, actually, Lo, this is your podcast, so you could do the outro. I don't even know what the name of it was.
1: Shout out to all my podcast people listening to the podcast right now. Like you said earlier in the podcast, make sure you rate us five stars. Uh, Thank you all for showing us support and consistently watching it. And, uh, this has been another episode of the AO podcast, right? Face ass. This is another episode oh, wow. of the Off Top wow, podcast, wow. uh, better known as the final call, man. I really, I I don't think we talked about it enough, but if, if it is Manny Ginobili, Tony Parker and Dwayne Wade's last year, that's going to be tough, man. I might start crying, but yo, peace. This? no no i said it i said, oh, it, first. I said it first you saw you see how i did that you see how i was like talking for a second yeah and I did. it was just you're like I, i'm gonna just throw it in real quick just in case you yeah, you saw that yeah you,
0: yeah let's say you just bought a house bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents which means you're gonna start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes doesn't make sense but you're the parents, and they're the kids you're gonna start telling them that now too Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive, and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.